Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. It is time for the Nova Frenzy. Adam Hill across the way. He's the company today. Las Vegas Review Journal. 2022! Defending Sports Writer of the Year in the state of Nevada. Probably never going to lose that vote again. Not that I understand how the voting process goes, but Adam's the guy right now. You can't take it away from him. Damon is here. He have no Twitter account, which uh, I think we're going to hash that out. That's a, that's a big deal. It's a big announcement. Very big announcement. Made that announcement earlier in the show. Uh, so we were bickering real hard over the U.S. women's soccer team, which I knew we would do. I knew we would do. If they, uh, if they underwhelmed, uh, there'd be backers. There'd be people criticizing. And, uh, you know, there's a whole new world. They've never really been criticized before, so that's not easy to deal with. So that's been going on today. You can comment on the text line, Finley Kia text line, 69187-69187. And we've also been chatting a lot about Raiders camp and the stories that are getting out. And sometimes the stories are not what they actually are because – People who are picking up the stories are aggregators and are not actually at practice. So there was some sort of report that Jimmy G and Max Crosby got into it like a fight and they were mad at each other and then Crosby was punished and made to run a lap. And uh, that was not really what happened. There was a misunderstood incident and then people just run with it because they're not there so they can't judge for themselves. It's, it's a weird time, but it's football time and this is what happens. And the same thing with college football conference chaos where it's just this echo chamber where people are trying to throw out sensational stuff. And I'm not saying all of it's false, but you know this, Adam. If you have one source on a story, you could probably find another source who's like, that's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing the opposite. And you've got a lot of people out there who get one source on something, and then that person wants to get the, we'll say, social creator content creator all fired up and then they get people fired up and it becomes stuff of fact it's just rumor mill items but it does seem like there are decisions coming we're going to talk to a a pac-12 expert in about 30 minutes so there's a lot of meetings going on right now in arizona and washington there's big 10 rumors there's big 12 rumors so pretty crazy time right now so what do we start out the five o'clock hour with a fight weekend or is it it's big is it yeah, UFC is in Nashville, I think. It's big. Okay. It's pretty big. Well, like, it's really big. UFC is in Nashville, I think. Yeah, it's, it's big. It's huge. What is the big fight this weekend? The one and only Jake Paul taking on Nate Diaz. Awesome. Isn't there slap fights or something, too? I mean, you're, not, you're, not, you're not on the edge of your seat? No. Nah. Not. Why are you down on Jake Paul? And Nate Diaz, which is an intriguing matchup. Like you got Nate. you got old MMA guy yeah. against uh, I would boxing love. YouTube guy who who has beaten all these MMA guys so yeah, far. I would love to see them. I mean, Nate's jujitsu is great. I would love to see. I want to see how this plays out. Okay, well they're they're gonna box. Oh, then never mind. <laughs> Come on. Well, Adam just doesn't like boxing. Can we watch some? Can we watch some football guys try to play baseball? I mean, we did that too. That's not good. Uh, why, what are you, re- know, what are you referencing there? Sports. Are you referencing trying to catch a fly ball? Yes, Nate Hobbs trying to catch a fly ball. That's yeah. what happens. And these MMA fighters are trying to catch fly balls in a boxing match. It, stop. Do your sport. I mean, well, look, Nate, I'm excited. Nate Diaz for has hands. He's active. Sure. He's going against a guy who's been, you know, started his career on YouTube. Step in a cage. But I'm interested it, in that. Aren't these the roots? Yeah, you're right. The, well, the root of MMA was actually going into a cage. Yeah. 
So the roots of MMA were the the crossover, you know? Can a boxer beat a jiu-jitsu guy and karate take out, you know, a guy who's fighting with one glove? I'm all in for if if he wants to challenge fighters to a fight, I'm in. So it's funny because for some reason we still gauge interest on pay-per-view buys, which I think is very antiquated because I'm not sure that that's a great metric, especially since so many people just steal stuff. Yeah. The report came across a little while ago, the big fight here in town, the boxing match. Between Spence and Crawford, and hell out of the fight. Crawford dominated the fight. Your guy Sam Gordon at the paper said, one of the greatest boxers of all time. I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. All right. And then you commented during a break. You're like, oh, they only, they only got 700,000 pay-per-views. I think for boxing now, I think that's a good number. No, I think it's a good number. But, I, I mean, based on the gate, live gate was over $20 million, And it was one of the top gates of all time for any boxing match. Of, of course, that's, you know, not, not inflation. Inflation adjusted, but you know it's it was a big it was a big fight, a huge fight. People were excited about it. They were there. They were into it. It was great. And people I talked to around there like definitely over a million views. What do you think of the pay per view number seven hundred thousand? I think that's a success for me, me going too. in. I was oh, going to say I said seven hundred, eight hundred. That's that's successful. No, I I think on its surface it is. I, I'm just saying from expectations of people started like. It's going to be over a million. It's going to be over a million. And 700,000 like, okay, really good. Why do you think it was 700 instead of a million? Theft. Piracy. That's the main reason? Yeah, I think so. I think it's I think it's the fact that both guys have been poorly promoted in the build-up to this fight. And they're older. They should have fought a while ago. There's been some health issues. Spence got in a, a car accident. You know, his eye. He's had issues with his eyes. Um, I don't think Bud Crawford has been promoted very well over the years. Now he's 35 years old, and we got Sam Gordon from the paper telling us he's one of the greatest boxers of all time. It's like, if that were the case, um, and people were getting that message, then you're not doing 700,000. You're doing a million and a half like freaking Tank did in his fight against Garcia. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's also, that's a social media driven fight. Tank and Garcia are more. But why, I mean, why wasn't this driven on social media? I think generational part of it. I mean, you're right. Those are guys that are big stars on social media. So, like the eight year age difference. Garcia is younger, yeah. but the fact the fact that what is Tank twenty seven? Yeah, Garcia is like a Garcia is a social media creation. Too. Okay. So is this a less? I mean, we're here. Here's what we're talking about: the best fighter in the world potentially. I uh, you know like like we said, the RJ Road has to be on the top of every pound for pound list. He got seven hundred thousand. Pay-per-view buys Bud Crawford against another elite, unbeaten guy in his weight class. We're, we're looking at a fight before that with, you're saying, a guy who built a lot of his fame on social media in Ryan Garcia against a killer and, you know, kind of a weird guy away from the ring, can't control himself. And we're also now for the third straight week, well, it was not three straight weeks, but another fight this weekend talking about another guy who's a social media creation. You think, think bo- you think boxing would kind of get it here? Like, you better start integrating a lot more social media because obviously it's generating buys. But it's like also the buys. fighters. The fighters, Terrence Crawford, if he's not that guy, but okay. also something that that went into Davis and Garcia over a million buys. You got the black crowd and you got the Hispanic crowd, like Luke Thomas talked oh. about. Like Luke Thomas talked about last week on the show, where you talk about the demographics. So you have two separate boxing fan bases that were there waiting and wanting to watch that fight and pay for that fight to support that fight. Did you hear what Luke said last week? So Luke talked about the fact that we were we were discussing why MMA and uh, boxing fan bases are different. I I always say, hey, I think there's a crossover. He's like, well, not really, because boxing is very now 
heavily African-American audience and heavy Latino audience. So to DeMond's point, you got the dream matchup there with Tank and Garcia. But if it's heavy African-American audience and you should be doing better on – you have to have a foil. It can't be two African-American fighters going no, against each other. That, that, fu- di- but that fight should have kicked ass. Right, but two different fan bases. All the black people were there. I can see, we did our part. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Easy, we, easy. What, what, what mostly, was that? What, what was that voice? We did our part. That's all I'm saying. Easy. We did our part. No, that's not the way you said it. That's not the way you said it. Hey, initially, hey. that's not the got real southern real fast. Yeah, there was a guy sitting next to me from Baltimore, and he was the funniest guy of the night. Funniest guy of the night. Hey, just, you, just a random guy. By the way, did you meet Demond's family? I was going to say Demond's entire family was there. So I mean, that that was half the crowd. Okay. And what were they like? Great. They were just roasting Demond the whole time. That made yeah. me very happy. <laughs> My uncle stayed out and talked to Adam and Vic for like another 30 minutes. Well, I, I just, I mostly defended you to your family, right? No, not at all. <laughs> Adam threw me under the bus. They were asking, why didn't I get media credentials so they could have some more access? Oh, and Adam was like, yeah, Damon, you could have easily have yeah. gotten three you, media credentials. Oh, you did? You yeah. just threw him under the bus? Yeah. yeah. You didn't tell him the story about uh, the VGK parade? No. no I told no. him the story about the VGK parade. I was like, yeah, that can't happen here, though, you know. Yeah. Adam could have pulled some strings. I said, Adam's the most connected guy in Vegas. I was like, all Demond had to do was ask, and we, he didn't. Apparently, he didn't care about his family. I don't know. Well, after that big convoluted lead-in, I'm actually more interested in Diaz and and uh, Jake Paul than the two boxing matches. So I don't know what group that puts me in because I'm old. You're you just like spectacles, train wrecks. I I still find the crossover. I know it's boxing and not MMA. I still find it interesting. Ryan McKinnell was on with us. Ryan, of course, always part of the company and. Now with uh, SiriusXM, he's been with SiriusXM for a long time on the Combat Channel, Channel 156, and he came on on Monday, and he was he was like it was just kind of a eh, not I'm not really hyped up for it, and he explained why he doesn't think there's a whole lot of hype. Although he starts mentioning pay per view numbers, and I'm like that sounds good. Nate has a ton of popularity, but I just don't know if it's translating to this because you guys know this. Jake Paul just lost to Tommy Fury. If you heard Jake Paul say uh, talk about it leading up to this a couple weeks ago, he said, I think the number was like, he was talking about the Fury fight. He's like, it did 750 or 800,000. He asked what a good number for pay-per-view buys would be. Somewhere around 450 or 500, and if we get that, I'll be happy. Okay. So he was trying to present that there's no hype for this fight. Uh, and then Jake Paul is saying 500,000 views on the heels of a boxing match against Fury where he got 700,000 pay-per-view buys. This all sounds good to me. I don't know what... Again, I don't love basing fight interest on the metrics of pay-per-views, but this doesn't sound like a terrible time in fighting. And they're all different types of fights with that draw different types of audiences. That means there's a lot of fans still out there who want to see guys throw hands. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be an audience for that, and there's always going to be an audience for... Spectacles, great fights, really cerebral fights. I mean, like I thought last week was more, you know, that's why I was almost surprised at the expectations because I thought it was just a good fight. Like a, just a really good, fundamentally sound, solid boxers, two of the best in the world. Right. I don't think there's usually that much attention. So when people said it was going to be over a million, I was kind of surprised. This one, like this is a more for the train wreck audience. And that, that's fine too. Like that, there's certainly an audience for that. It's not necessarily mine. That's not what I love, but. It's fine. Are you going to find a way to watch the fight? Come on. Steve, don't make me incriminate myself. Right, here we go again. Exactly. I Here's the thing. Uh, when we're talking about all these pay-per-view buys, I'm not buying the fight. I will watch a couple of highlights on TikTok, which is the absolute wild, wild west. 
You get fight highlights on that, like, immediately. They can't police it. It's bizarre. Yeah, people even go live. Yes. It's yes. wild. Yes. I wonder why they can't police it. I don't know. Well, the Chinese might have something China to do with that. decided they can't. <laughs> yes. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. I think there's some hype around it. Maybe not as much hype as the last two fights. So we'll see how it does, and we'll see what the theft numbers are. Well, we don't I, officially get those. I, By the way, does UFC? Do you guys get any numbers now in UFC on pay per view buys? No. Okay. They but were never really way, that never, accurate back in the day. Right, the, even the boxing ones, like we talk about them, but they're, they're not accurate. It's whatever right. the promotion decides to say they sold. Yeah. Like that's that's what it is. Right. Now there there is some difference because some you know some fighters and some uh, fighters in MMA as well have percentages percentages of the pay-per-view so then it is a little bit more accurate but the numbers that are reported are always different than what those guys get too because they get the actual internal numbers right. well ufc should have done well that was a great card and it had good hype going in right but it was also up against a boxing match that sold close to a million well he's right about that well, well i'm no i'm i'm looking at you like well maybe the ufc actually hurt that number sure right Sure. Yeah, Although to go back to the beginning of this, Luke Thomas says they have two different audiences. So, so they were good, definitely they, in Utah. They do, they but good. usually pay-per-view buys are groups. Like I do think it's two different audiences of who follows it very closely, but I think it's more like, hey, we're all going to get together. Which one are we going to get? Both boxing and, and then MMA. It's some some MMA, some boxing fans. You decide which one you're going to go with. Hmm, okay. So a uh, seven hundred thousand pay-per-view buy in boxing could actually mean that there's two million people watching. Oh, or more. More. With the steals. That's less than that's less than three people per pay-per-view. I've never seen the metrics on that. What's the average party size for a fight? Ten. <laughs> That'd be a tough metric to try to figure out. Yes, they can't even figure out who's stealing right, it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Our, well, we've talked about uh, Nganu from MMA and Tyson Fury. That I'll watch. And to me, and well, to me that guy. one's the biggest circus of all. Well, Nganu, guy, Nganu has no chance. I know you are. Yeah. He has no chance. Is, is Messi playing in the MLS like Fury fighting Nganu? It's like the it's like the aces playing in the WNBA. Okay, well, uh, Demond wanted to make the comparison. Messi's just annihilating in MLS let's, play. Let's, let's that let's that, not that spread this, that around much. Hopefully, it stays a secret because I've been winning cr- like crazy on it. Oh yeah, They're minus a half goal, minus one twenty <laughs> yesterday. What are we doing here? Wow, what are we doing? Adjust the number. Don't adjust the number, but yeah. you should. You think this is uh, Messi in the MLS is like uh, Jordan at practice with uh, I don't know Judd Bushler? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. What is this? The sixth ranked soccer league being generous in the world? Go put LeBron in the sixth ranked basketball league in the world. Is anyone is anyone calling him out on this? I mean, good for him. It's money, and you know he's nearing retirement, but he is he's punching down pretty strong here. Well, I I think the plan is that then he draws other players in, and then there's competition for him at some point. And I think that's that's part of it. But yeah, still, I mean, he he got he almost scored just a ridiculous. He scored twice, but there was a third that was almost ridiculous, and he was like mad at himself. I was like, that, that shouldn't even be close. What are you doing? This is this is wild. The funny thing is when I read the story you guys linked, and it was like he scored two goals. I'm like, what's the big deal? <laughs> but in soccer, in soccer, that's like, hey, he just three one final. He just scored sixty seven yeah. points in a basketball game. It's like taking candy from a baby out there. Right, I think I think we're being going, a little. I think we're being adjust. a little bit mean on the MLS. They're gonna adjust. No, I, I, I look. I, I like the league. I want. Yeah. I mean, I, I have MLS league pass on Apple TV. 
That's where the league's that was a league's cup game last night. By the way, it wasn't an MLS game. It was two MLS teams, but it was a league's cup game. Um, I, I don't know how many people have that. I do. I watch a lot of games. Been watching games all week. I watch games tonight. So wait, is that part of the package that Messi gets a cut uh, cut off? Yeah. Okay. So you're helping Messi get get oh, paid. Actually, uh, customers of a certain phone company get it for free. Ah. Even the uh, MLS Plus. Even I yes, if you have a okay certain phone company. I don't know what's going oh, on. I don't want to advertise. I'm saying it's a, uh, it's a brand. Know, it's you a can mention it. Brand. I mentioned. I thought you just meant you had to have an iPhone. No, if, you're, if you're a T-Mobile customer, you get a what? Free MLS. I didn't know that. MLS season pass. I didn't and know that either. By the I way, that. I, I, I have this then. Also, MLB. I have the MLB package free through T-Mobile. What? Yes. I didn't know this was happening. Oh, yeah. I actually, I need Hulu free. I just canceled that. It ran out like three days ago. I, don't, I, don't I never know about all these maybe, free deals. Once you leave, one of the other phone companies has that. I don't know. Well, I'm not going to another phone company, but I was unaware of all the free stuff they have. You got to look on the uh, Tuesday thing. Every um, Tuesday, you get a bunch of promotions. I will settle in in front of a TV tonight around 9 o'clock. Answer some text. You never know. if you, It could be days or you can get immediate response. It's just very oh, hit or miss. What do you watch? Oh, you- no, I, I'm, if I'm having any trouble, I need to know what I've got for free. So M- MLS, oh, what Every Tuesday. Okay, every Tuesday is free. No, every Tuesday they send out a See? bunch of promotions. Oh, they do? It's T-Mobile Tuesdays, bro. What is going on? <laughs> what are you, what are you doing? Why am I on the loop? You get, there's so much awesome stuff. Oh, come on. Oh, this well, you know what? By the way, T-Mobile, official phone company of Lotus Podcast. <laughs> Adam is randomly just going to dub everything the official company. Well, if others can do it, why not? Um, so I think what the problem is here, I'm a kept man okay. on this one. I, I don't have uh, control of the phone account. We're actually both on the same account. So sh- somebody is not telling you that you're getting a bunch of deals. She is not strong with emails. It's a weird thing. It's, it's just it's a notification. She might just be Every Tuesday it. you get like, time for T-Mobile Tuesdays, and right away you start scrolling. What do I get this That'll week? be Free food? That'll be a great one if I just come storming in like, <laughs> what's going on with the emails on this? Vacation We're getting free discounts. stuff. It's all stuff I want. Vacation discounts, free meals. What? It's wild. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. See, this is why we're here. All that I mean, for bad service. It's fantastic. It's the official phone company of Lotus Broadcasting. You gave him the pop. He's decided. Excuse me. Sorry. I'll try. Even, first of all, me, I have sorry. no complaints with my phone service. But also, if even if I did, I'll take MLB package and MLS package for free. I wish we could consistently, we really need to do live more often on video. So we've been posting a lot of uh, archive video a little bit after the show. That fight conversation was really disjointed. And I was like, I don't think I'm getting through to Adam. And the entire time, I think he was more focused on getting the Jets Browns on. Because at one point I'm talking and then you guys just start talking on the side. And he's like gesturing. He does a football throw, which he can't throw a football. So it looks silly. That's, ter- that's terrible form. I'm not standing and then, up. And then Devon's like, what, 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 what do you want? Stand and then up he's and like, what channel? Because then you got we knew it was football. And then you have no idea what channel it's on. Well, I Which, by the way, it's in, it's in. Read my rundown thoroughly. It's in there because they were all happy the game's on NBC. And Mike Tarico and Collinsworth are on the game. So Jets and Browns are on. Are you good? We're focused? Well, I'm, or am I doing I'm the show sh- solo? Nate Hackett is showing off the guns for some. He's got like a real tight short sleeve shirt on. To try to, like, I think he's trying to flex on Sean Payton. Good. Good. Okay. All right. NFL's back. I, I get it. You're excited. Zach Wilson's playing. That's your guy. I am excited. I don't want Future him. Future Raiders quarterback. I, 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 I oh, don't know. His career is over. <laughs> 
<laughs> he tried to roll out. Was it was it in the preseason last year that his knee buckled and he jacked it up early? Oh, it was, was, two, was it two, two years, years ago? ago? Okay, I, it was. I, I can't keep track. They, the You're losers, Jets fan. They all blend together. It's been a nightmare. I actually missed what I what I really wanted to see, honestly. So it doesn't doesn't. What matter. was that? Opening kickoff. Oh, new rules. They're trying them out. I'm trying, trying to see. I I'm a special teams guy. I know you are. It's uh, I just wrote a big story on the Raiders' plans for what they're going to do. But uh, yeah, I want to see what, how they handle the opening kickoff. It's coming out maybe in the next hour. Where are we in the newspaper biz when a guy writes every month about the kicking room and somehow gets a columnist gig? How did that attract them? Were they, were they like, were they like, if we give him a column, he'll stop writing about the kickers? Because as it turned out, it didn't work. Because you're still doing columns on the kickers and well, the room. I could have written yesterday, and I chose not to. I've, I had heard, yes. J- Jacob did not have a great day. The long snapper. The new not, long snapper. Not a great day. That you wrote about previously. Yeah. Trent Sieg. Let's Stay don't ready. do not open wounds, please, because then we're never getting to our guest. Look, it wasn't a great day for the long snapper at Raiders it. practice. Yesterday. I get it. Um, news is coming in. I think uh, in this case it's Monty who we're going to have on in a couple of minutes. Tim uh, Montemayor said to clarify what we're hearing about Utah. There is no trustees meeting tonight. I am told Utah has been in communication with Arizona, Arizona State, and the Big Twelve, uh, and are following the process, which uh, starts for them tonight with the Arizona Board of Regents. We are told we'll authorize. Hmm? He's saying they're going to authorize Arizona and Arizona State to join the Big 12. So that's coming up in about five worried? minutes. Worried? You worried, George? Nope. No, I'm, I'm not you worried. worried, George? Yeah, I have no stake in the game. I didn't say, I'm saying George. Oh, not I know. You. We heard we're not worried. He was trying to. Everything's fine. Trying to trying to show off some it's calm leadership. With the, where the house is burning down. He's like, we're good. We're fine. Why would we be concerned about teams leaving in mass Boy, he's from our conference? Boy, you're gloating. God, Arizona better not do this. That's Arizona State. Well, that was, what a dumb When move. he said he wasn't worried, though, to be fair, it was like, what, four or five years ago? It's or was two, it last week? It's two weeks ago. A couple okay. Fridays back. Yeah. <laughs> We're not worried. This is not going well. It is for me. A Pack Mountain Conference. That could be the positive. Do, I mean, I think the actual conversation to have is: Does the Mountain West want to bring itself down to that standard? That's a little ridiculous. It's Oregon State, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, State, Cal, and Stanford. Cal and Stanford have to be somewhere. All right, we'll get to this with uh, Monty in a couple of minutes. It's Cofield and Company, five o'clock hour. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Nova Home Loans. Give John a call over at Nova Home Loans five seven seven twenty six hundred. This really is a helpless feeling. Going back a couple of weeks, I'm. Holding up the dam and all the cracks and trying to be optimism guy or optimism guy on the Pac-12 staying together and it just it's it's not looking good. And the reports keep coming. Monty's one of the guys who's doing it to me too. From the Monty Show, King of All Radio in the state of Utah and really all over the West in the Pac-12. Monty, how you doing, buddy? You know, inflicting pain is what I do every day for three hours, so <laughs> don't feel special. Today is crazy. I, I saw you starting to do updates in the morning, and then you know, the, then you got Canzano and Wilner, and then all these uh, social media creators. I don't know if they're sourced or not. Um, you start where you want. Where, where are we right now? At least let, let's talk Arizona, which I guess when we talk Arizona, we should say Arizona State too, because this this border regions is actually making the decision or discussing both schools. Okay, so in the state of Arizona. The Arizona Board of Regents is largely a process body. They're not going to tell Arizona or Arizona State what to do. Mm. But it, it's one of those things where it's guidance. And 
All along, we've been hearing in Arizona, and yes, the Board of Regents controls Arizona and Arizona State. It's one body, right? So what we've been hearing is, hey, the Board of Regents would make it financially difficult for Arizona to leave Arizona State behind. And all that changed when the worst athletic director in the entire country, Ray Anderson at Arizona State, changed his tone the other day at a press conference for their new stadium naming rights in Tempe, where he said, I don't know where we're going to end up, but we'll be somewhere. After he had been a hard, I'm staying in the Pac-12, I've never talked to anybody, I'd never want to leave, I love this conference. So that was a major change. But the guy that is stirring the drink here is Bobby Robbins, the president in Arizona. He carries all of the power in that state. And I would remind you, much like Carol Fult at USC, Bobby Robbins is on the board of directors of the Pac-12. They just appointed him for his two-year cycle. And now again, he is going to up and leave. They have a board of regents meeting tonight, which is private. It is, a, it is an executive session where they are going to have Arizona and Arizona State representatives on their Zoom call. And they are going to hash this out. And it is believed to be procedural where Arizona and Arizona State will agree to leave the conference together, which will then trigger Utah because it's either going to be 14 or 16. And if Arizona State goes, that's 15. So we're told that Utah will get an invite to be the 16th team. Does Utah want to leave or do they just feel like they have to if that happens? No, I think nobody in this conference, and let's not get this mistaken at all, nobody wants to leave this conference. And this conference is one of the great sports tragedies in the history of American sports because it never had to happen. And when they built this conference all those years ago and when they expanded 12 years ago, this should have been a juggernaut. But malfeasance and irresponsibility torched this thing, and it's really tragic. But none of these schools want to leave. I can tell you certainly that Utah has always said, hey, our first choice is to stay in the conference and they had long, extensive talks with the Big 12 dating back into early spring. And they straight up told the Big 12, hey, we have no problem with you guys. We're going to lose academic revenue mm -hmm. and research money if we leave the Pac-12. That's the only reason they were hanging on, which is the same reason everybody else was hanging on, because they all make money together. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars. Not millions, not TV contract money. We're talking about rich guy money. And that's why you, Utah will go now because they have no choice. You cannot go back to the Mountain West. Why aren't those billions and all that research and education money, why isn't it make it worth it over going to a conference to make, what, $10 million more? I, I don't get the, the, the mathematics on this. Well, now the – and if I understand your question right, yeah. the, the difference now is there's no future in the Pac-12. This TV contract has, is not a, this distribution deal with Apple. By, by what we've heard from multiple Pac-12 people, it's $19.7 million a year. And then you would, you would quite literally, each school would have to sell three point, I think it's $7 million in subscriptions per school to make it worth it. That's not a deal. That's not... That's not tenable. After you're taken home already around $17 million, and if you stay in the conference, you still have to pay Comcast back, who is not paying you already, by the way. Um, you're going to have to settle this Holiday Bowl lawsuit. You're going to have to settle the Nick Rolovich lawsuit at Washington State. 
You're, I mean, you're on the hook for millions of dollars if you stay in this conference that you are never going to realize. You're never getting that money. Whereas, if you go to the, the Big 12, you'll pay the Comcast money, whatever the balance is, because you're contractually obligated to do that through your expiring grant of rights. But if you go to the Big 12, your baseline's $31.7 million. Then we talk about Mexico, because there's a game in Mexico City uh, for basketball and in Monterey, Mexico every year for football. You have the Rucker Park Agreement. You have the Jerry World uh, NFL Pro Day for the Big 12 Agreement. They just extended the Big 12 Championship game at AT&T Stadium for seven more years. The Big 12 Basketball Championship is now in Kansas City for the foreseeable future. This, this conference has turned into a money-making machine in the Big 12. You have a commercial division that was only created to sell corporate sponsorships. So you either stay in the Pac-12 and you die financially because somebody explained to me what in the world is Washington State going to do when Kirk Schultz, who's the chairman of the Pac-12 Board of Directors, also the president of Washington State, had a staff revolt six weeks ago because he's so underwater athletically he doesn't have money to run his athletic department, yet wants to keep rubber stamping checks, and they can't afford to pay Nick Rolovich, and they are taking staff cuts at Washington State. And how are you going to survive an Apple deal that's losing money versus going to, to, the, to the Big 12? How were there it's not, an easy decision. Uh, Monty, how are there not more TV suitors for the Pac-12? Well, I mean, I think, you're, I think this goes back to... October, we were told specifically that ESPN had a conference call with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and said, you guys, we love you. You need to merge. Hmm. And George Klyovkov said, no, hard stop, absolutely not. The, the Big 12 said, we're open to the conversation. We're not saying, yes, we want to have a conversation. That moment in time, ended, in my opinion, the relationship, and based on what I was told by people at ESPN and people at Amazon, ended the relationship with, with ESPN and the, and the Pac-12. It was going to be very hard to get a deal done. In that same moment, Fox informed the Pac-12, we are not interested in Tier 1 rights. Your best game, we're not interested in that. We, we would be open to a very small deal. Then in December, the, Fox said, we're out altogether. In December, Amazon said we're out altogether, and there was one real opportunity. It was the CW for a West of the Rockies deal. But to tell you who George Klyovkov is, by our sources, he went to the CW and asked for a minimum of $400 million, and he wanted a national deal. He wanted WGN in Chicago. He wanted, I think it's WOR in New York, and he wanted Miami at a minimum he wanted Dallas, and they said, no, we're not doing that. And then all of a sudden, the CW went and did like their NASCAR deal last week. Phenomenal deal for them. They don't have a deal because the Pac-12 doesn't know who they are, they don't know where they are, and they have no idea what their value position is. Tim Montemayor, The Monty Show. All right, going back to Klyavkov making these decisions, we generally hear that commissioners – don't just make the decision on their own. So this is his decisions are at the behest of who? Are there power schools that have misled him? He can't be going rogue and doing all this on his own. Well, I can tell you right now, think, think about who runs the Pac-12 universities. Let's go to Anna Marie Cosse, the president of Washington. 
This is an older woman who has, from the beginning of this negotiation, said, I will not approve a grant of rights. I will not sign a grant of rights that's more than 50% streaming. She has been hard, steadfast on that. You have a guy in Bobby Robbins at Arizona who's in his, I think, his late 60s. You have a guy in Michael Crow at Arizona State who has blindly supported Larry Scott, the former commissioner, and George Klyovkov, the current commissioner. That's repeated across the conference, with the exception of one place now, Oregon State, who has a new younger woman as their president. He's trying to pitch an older group of millionaires on 99% streaming with one Friday night football game, potentially on ESPN. It was dead in the water. He never, the, the biggest issue is he's been given the latitude to go and get the best deal he can get. And he's tried and tried and he's never been able to find a formula where their tier one, their best football game, their Oregon, Washington, their, their Utah, Oregon, their biggest game was on linear TV. Never presented that. And when you talk about who runs the conference, you have a board of directors that is three presidents. The, pre- the chair of the board of directors is Kirk Schultz, arguably the worst administrator in the conference, who's the chairman of the board of directors. You have a group of older presidents who know nothing about streaming. And he has a team, George Klyovkov, who's been given the freedom to go and find a deal. He couldn't find a deal. And at Pac-12 Media Day, right there in Las Vegas, this conference died when he said, I am by choice not going to announce a deal today on purpose. I am not announcing a deal today. Oh, no. He never had a deal to announce. Yeah. You're throwing gas on the fire because I fought and fought and fought on that Friday with my partner, Adam Hill, who when he heard uh, Klyavkov say that and also that he was not concerned at all, I tried to defend Klyavkov, and this is I've gotten gotten destroyed since. Come on, George. You're dying on that hill, my man. Oh, my (laughs) God. There's no defending him. Uh, What is – I don't even know the defense you could come up with this is the same guy who said, hey, we have a scheduling alliance and a, and a, a pro forma alliance with the ACC. And, hey, can we see the contract on that? No, we didn't put it in writing. We just shook hands. Hmm. Disaster. He oversaw Carol Folt leave with UCLA in tow, and they had no idea that was coming. You couldn't get a TV deal. You couldn't announce Pac-12 Football Media Day. In time, you gave people really 12 days notice. Like this guy has done very little well in this conference, Cofield. So defending him is is not the best decision you've ever made. In no, your- no, <laughs> it's a bad, it's a bad hot take. What, what's what's going to happen to Cal and Stanford? That's a shocker because we've been working on that story. We we had it in May that the Big Ten had cleared it with all their TV partners, Fox, CBS, and NBC, and really CBS and NBC because of the way the Big Ten TV deal is written, those are the, the late windows go to CBS and NBC because you have big noon kickoff on Fox. And they, they were going to add Stanford, Cal, with Oregon and Utah. The problem now is this Florida State, this little Florida State gnat that just won't shut up and go away because you're never getting out of that grant to rights in the ACC, right? But – They want to tell you they make the most money, they're the best, we're the greatest, let us out. The problem is now, in my opinion, they're not going to 20 in the Big Ten because they believe they can get Notre Dame 
and one of the other big teams that melts their conference down. So now you have Stanford and Cal who are going to pay the price for that. Hmm. I cannot believe that Stanford and Cal end up in a a melting pot of the Pac-12 in the the Mountain West because I think that's going to happen. We've heard that for months and months. I cannot believe that Stanford, Stanford in particular, who's got an elite athletic department, elite. Now, you can't get into that school. You can't, I can't. Cofield, who's the smartest of all of us, can't. Like, nobody can get in there. So it's really difficult to to excel there. But they have a really good academics and athletics. You're telling me that's a Mountain West program. Do they need? To I don't be, know. Do they need to be in a conference? I mean, that's that. That's the reality yes. they're dealing with. Do they need to be in a conference? Hey, man, how? Uh, there are only so many BYU's in Notre Dame. What BYU did as an independent is groundbreaking with their scheduling. I don't think that's possible anymore because you're you're in a position now where every conference is gonna have to play ten conference games. You've got eighteen teams in the Big Ten potentially, sixteen and fourteen. Like you're going to be at twenty. Who's going to schedule an independent Stanford when you got to play 10 conference games? Yeah. Could Stanford I, and Cal just, just humble themselves and say, hey, you know what, this is a short-term solution. We can be on the map. Let's go destroy the Mountain West and a lot of our sports and football, and uh, hopefully yeah. five years from now the situation's better. Because uh, I don't know that they have a better choice. There, there has to be, you guys, some things that we haven't seen and we don't know. Yeah. There has to be. There has to be. I can't believe it. Right. That that's what's going to happen. That Stanford is going to be in the same conference as the embarrassing, incompetent San Diego State. That's that's their fate. I, I, it's possible. I just have to believe there's something else coming. You're very informed on this. Uh, you are a Mountain Time Zone guy. You've uh, worked, uh, you know, even a little further west. I'm trying to think of where Arizona is. But um, what would you when you watch guys like Paul Feinbaum say basically everything out here is worthless? Uh, there's nothing of interest with uh, the Pac-12 remaining programs. And he's even saying that about Oregon and Washington. That, that has to be a bit, right? He can't actually believe that there's nothing of value in the Mountain and Pacific time zones with schools. You, you can't believe it. You can't. But I think the, the, the biggest issue is the Pac-12, nobody has watched the Pac-12. Nobody. Yep. It's why USC continued to be ranked ahead of Utah even after Utah beat USC last year. Hmm. Because nobody watches – for crying out loud, you have an MLS writer in Minneapolis who's got the, the AP football vote. And he, you can't tell me that writer watches because his rankings are de- deplorable. So do you think <laughs> the guy in Tuscaloosa? Do you right. think the guy in Orlando? Yeah. Do you think the guy in Austin? Nobody watches th- this league, which is, I think, arguably the second best football league in the country last year. Nobody watched. So when we talk about value and meaning, you're only worth what somebody's willing to pay. And nobody's willing to pay for the Pac-12 because they don't know the Pac-12. Nobody has any idea who Kyle Whittingham is, in my opinion. I don't think anybody understands that Kyle Whittingham, if you put them in the Big 12, he is going to, he is coming for your neck, dude, because that defense is one of the top five defenses in the country at Utah this year. But the problem is, to answer your question directly, I just think nobody sees the Pac-12. They view it as that league that's Pac-12 after dark on ESPN. And that's their, the extent of it. I, I, I just, the, the idea that this hasn't had, they haven't had you guys reach for a decade. They've been invisible for a decade. It's a travesty. Monty, tell people in uh, Vegas and the state of Nevada where they can find your stuff. 
Google search The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. We are live every single day, 2 to 5, on uh, YouTube. We do three hours. We do a ton of football. We do a ton of basketball, baseball, you name it. We do it all. The Monty Show on YouTube. Um, yeah, come and subscribe. It's amazing. It's the greatest show you outside of <laughs> no, this show no, ever. It's great. No, it's great. Dude, great job. Great information. Good passion. Love it. Glad you came on. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invite, guys. Be well. There he is, Thanks Tim fun. Montemayor, former national host, has worked in multiple mountain time zones, Pacific time zone markets, doing his thing on YouTube where a lot of people are doing their thing. And he presented a pretty good case building towards what Larry Scott did to set this thing up. And then Klyavkov couldn't clean it up, and he sounds a bit arrogant, uh, maybe misread the market. But that's a big part of it. You know, uh, How many times have I said on this show that Vegas is sports Siberia? The entire Pacific time zone, the Pac-12, has become an afterthought because they so effed up the TV package and the distribution with DirecTV. You can't just take 10 years out of your existence and not be available. I mean, think about this. This conference is facing extinction. Do you think the NFL is going to watch the Pac-12 with the quarterbacks in this league? People are like, there's nothing out here because they just don't know. God, they screwed this up. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Well, if our guy Monty is to be believed, uh oh, a lot of bad things are going to be happening for the uh, Pac 12 next couple days. If, if those border regents recommend Arizona and Arizona State leaving. Think, do you think George is worried? Yeah, I think George Klavkov is very worried now. Okay. I, I hope he comes out and says that. I don't know that he'll ever have the opportunity. Who wants to talk to him? Well, I'd like to find out if he's worried. I mean, if, the, if, if Arizona State and Arizona make a decision and they've agreed to go to the Big 12 by next week, I mean, what happens with the Big 10? Are they actually going to? I think the Big 10 can play this, can slow play this. So it's going to be really interesting. If Oregon and Washington, Cal and Stanford, you know, Wazoo and Oregon State have this mini conference, do they, just, do they just go into an agreement just to be in a conference and form something with the Mountain West? And then, you know, obviously we know at some point um, at least four of those six schools I just mentioned are going to be well, – two are going to be coveted by some other conference. But this is happening fast, you know, by the sounds of it. I don't know. I, I, I know this. If there's no Pac-12 um, – that's a loss for Vegas, right? Sure. We, we do well on the uh, Pac-12 men's basketball tournament. The women's tournament is here. Pac-12 title game has been, you know, kind of okay. I have no idea what happens with John Sassenti's, uh Las Vegas Bowl. They're going to have to – there'll be some changes in affiliation there. So there are some big events. We are tied to the Pac-12. It's not great for Vegas. Now, if there's, you know, a short-term agreement where the Pac-12 was with the Mountain West, I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going to happen here. But there's been a lot of bad leadership, and Klyavka couldn't save it. And – I'm, I'm saying like it's in past tense, but it doesn't sound great right now unless so unless calmer heads, you know, come to what Dan Wetzel was saying earlier. Like, hey, what about regional rivalries? What about where your kids actually come from? What about where the athletes are recruited from and the fact that their parents want to go watch games closer to home? Boy, they've screwed this up. <laughs> Pac-12 has royally screwed this up. And then, the, the you know, the crazy thing is they have enough tradition that kids recently have – they're still going there. They're still recruiting well. 
I mean, the lineup of quarterbacks this year is amazing. Yeah. But I, as you predicted a while ago, this is eventually going to go to what seventy-two or eighty teams, and it is a race to do as well in football wherever you are, so that you get invited to be in the eighty, and that'll probably be settled here in the next six, six years or so. So for local concerns, like, and you know, UNLV is not saying anything. I, I know their attitude is we just have to do what we're doing here. We just have to get the job done here, and then hopefully it works out. But if you don't win at football, and you know, to a, a, a it's it's a big deal here. Uh, win at basketball, you're not going to have a shot. You know, they've done the thing. I think they've done a lot academically to set themselves up, but it's getting crazy. It is. <laughs> but to be fair to the conference, to be fair to George, we've ripped ripped him a lot. Who could have seen it coming? <laughs> All right, we. <laughs> The victory lap after victory lap. <laughs> Nobody could have ever predicted this. Uh, to be fair to him, I, I wouldn't have been worried either. I don't like uh, dealing with worst case scenarios. I like to I get I like to give credit to people who are successful at the highest level. I don't know why I do this, but I like to think that hey, there there's something going on. They're they've got a plan. They're just keeping it close to the vest. <laughs> of course they do. Yeah. There is, by the way, there is on a unrelated note, but something we've talked about a lot on the show. There is yeah. breaking news right now. What is it? The uh, Metropolitan Police Department has announced no charges against Cardi B after an investigation. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Police report was filed Sunday. They've looked into it. Not enough evidence to pursue a case. All right. So I'm good to go then. If I flash a gun in my waistband at a valet, I'll be fine. Like Turn Damon, your back. Damon Turn Arnett. Back. And I, I have a microphone around me I can throw all the time. It's attached to, well, sometimes it's attached. No, on the road. Turn the screw the On the road. Way. What do you think I have stick mics for? <laughs> you think a headset mic can Doesn't be Doesn't someone have to throw water at you first? By the way, the, uh, uh, the, the microphone know. is on auction right now. Oh, is that right? It's up to $100,000. Up to $100,000? Last time I saw it was twenty five. <laughs> Did you hear Devon's question? Doesn't someone have to prompt me by throwing water at me? Yes. No, not really. No. 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 Well, I also said these mics are attached to something as long as you don't touch the screw. <laughs> Hopefully they stay attached during the show because you've had one fall off. One. All right, good job, guys, today. Uh, big show tomorrow. More college football chaos conference. Oh, God. Videos out up on Twitter and Facebook and other places. Your home for UNLV Athletics is right here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, KWWN.